0: Okay, Rockstar Nation, well, we have a great guest today coming from San Diego, California. I got Jesse Zagorski on the line, and Jesse is turning heads in San Diego and doing a lot of good stuff that everyone listening should be doing. So there's definitely some meat and potatoes in this episode, so I'm excited. Without further ado, Jesse, welcome to Pat Hyman Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Thanks, Pat. I'm excited to be here. Hey, Jesse, why don't you uh, give everybody a little rundown on yourself so they can get to know
1: you? All right. 32nd history. I was born. I grew up. No, more more detail than that. I, I got a degree in economics, which is pretty fancy for a real estate broker, right?
0: Yeah. I don't know exactly. whether I,
1: yeah, I don't know if I use it or not. Who knows? Anyway, degree in economics. I worked briefly in corporate finance, decided I hated it, moved to New York City when I was 21 years old to be a rock star. I really wanted to be a rock star. Gordon Gecko. Go. No, you wanted to be yeah. a real rock star, like you wanted to be like Axl Rose. Oh yeah, no, no, like a real rock star, like okay. legitimate with a like a mic, like, like a guitar and a microphone on a stage, people adoring me. While you were
0: thing. getting a degree in economics, or is this after well, you graduated? Well,
1: after, after. Okay, so I, okay, I went to school, got a degree in economics. <laughs> I'd, Just I'd what your parents
0: and, wanted to hear. Oh, actually, yeah, Jesse's no, my, got my, a my, degree <laughs> in economics, and
1: now he's now he's singing for a, a hard rock band. No, my my. So funny enough, Pat, actually, my not to digress, but my parents were super supportive. My dad. So my parents have been entrepreneurs my entire life. They've run various businesses. My dad's been a real estate broker for 30 plus years, but he's always done other businesses as well. And when I was applying to college, I had been playing in, I played in a punk band when I was in high school. I played in the rock band, you know, later on. And he said, don't go to college, just, just go be a musician. He really, I don't know if it was reverse psychology to this day. I'm not really sure, but I said, nope, I'm going to go to college. And then after getting a degree, decided to go be a musician instead. So there you go. Okay, cool.
0: That's awesome. So so what happened? All right. So you stopped there. You're 21 years old. You're in New York.
1: You're trying out for rock bands. Yep. Started the rock band, put out some albums. I've put out maybe 8, 9 albums and Jeez. You you don't recognize I I'm sure you looked up my picture before this interview. You don't recognize me, right?
0: Yeah, no no. You don't So, you, so-
1: yeah. So I failed. I did not become a rock star.
0: (laughs) Your hair's not long (laughs) enough. Your smile
1: is too big. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was great practice for sales being on stage. I can get in front of any group, <laughs> big or small. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so don't so, fit um, the profile. No, so I got a job working at MTV. That I, that was the closest thing while I was in New York. Okay. I needed money, got a job at MTV. I worked in their marketing department. So it was probably one of the best educations I could ever have gotten in terms of marketing, because it was some of the just these young creative people doing really cool stuff, pushing the boundaries of marketing. So. When I left New York, I took a six-month D2 through Italy and then moved back to San Diego and became a real estate agent in 2000, right at the end of three, beginning of 2004.
0: So is that is that like just a conscious thing? Okay, so like I want to be a real estate agent and I'm going to pick San Diego, California, living in New York currently. I mean, what? how did that happen?
1: Uh, so I, I'm born and raised in San Diego. Okay. My mom was actually after they sold their last business in 2001, my mom uh, got her real estate license in 2001 and started working as a solo agent. Got she it. sold 45 houses by herself the first year and 45 houses by herself the second year. Pretty good, right? Yeah. Need to get her on so, the show. Yeah. So, so, uh, so I basically talked to my mom. and said, hey, moving back from Italy, coming to California. She said, you should uh, do real estate with me. So I think I was her assistant for about a week. It might not have even have been a week. It might have been a couple days. And then we said, forget this. Let's be partners. And <laughs> and we started the business. And it worked really well. My mom was my business partner for 15 years up until this past April, actually. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, that, and now she's not my business partner on paper. She gave the business over to me. However, she pretty much does the exact same thing she does before. Yeah. She just doesn't get paid for it now.
0: Got it. Got it. So, so she's involved yeah. or whatever. And Work some SOI here and there, but uh, you're pretty much running. That happens a lot. I've seen that a lot with multi-generational teams or businesses where, you know, that's kind of uh, what happens. Now, the real, uh, I don't know what the word is. Some parents, you know, will sell (laughs) <laughs> their portion right. some will continue to get referral fees which is fair or some will just be like hey you know jesse you you know you run it you can have it i'm done i got enough money selling to the sunset but it doesn't matter let's we want to learn about business and getting uh deals and making money today first of all give us the
1: nitty-gritty jesse how many houses did you sell last year last year we sold 77 total sides Do you want me just to give you a rundown of all the stats? Yeah, break it down. Okay, 77 total sides. I'm going to confess to the audience that I definitely knew you would ask me this and did my homework. I am someone who knows my numbers, but especially when I know you're going to be asking, I got my numbers right in front of me. So we got 77 total sides, 41 listing sides, 36 buyers, 48,289,000 in total volume, and 1,027,495 in GCI.
0: ECI ego commission income. What is your net profit?
1: <laughs> totally, and so so the profit margin was forty three percent,
0: and that's good. Forty three percent is very good. And what yeah. you what you say your ECI was? A uh, million twenty seven
1: four ninety five.
0: So a million bucks. So you made a, yeah. you made four thirty. Now did your yeah. mom get part of that four thirty?
1: A very very small portion. Okay, so she, okay. she she basically for the first quarter we was we were still fifty fifty partners, but the first quarter was probably our slowest quarter, so she she missed the boat, but I, I jokingly say that because she, <laughs> she, she, she gave the business, honestly, so when you said yeah. the split, she, she gave the business over to me. She I'm an only child. I'm very grateful. I am so blessed to have worked with my mom and still work with her for 15 years. She was the best partner I, that I could ever ask for, and so it was one of those things that it's she, she wasn't she didn't care about the money. She's just like, look, I'm going to keep getting involved. I make enough money with working with my own clients. Take the business. Like, really, she was always in charge of right. operations. And I, I think,
0: if, you know, obviously, she, your mom's probably a smart financial planner. She probably doesn't need the money, you know, like you said. And, she,
1: and uh, hey, just... She's you know, got she, a master's in computer science. She's a very overeducated real estate broker also. Yeah. Kind of funny. So, so it's like, no, she doesn't need the money. And it's one of those That's things fair. that she just wants to stay busy and have fun. But she always was in charge of operations. So anyone listening who has a partner, this is actually interesting. We always had a very natural split. She was in charge of operations, day-to-day what happened. I, even from day one when I knew nothing about real estate, I was in charge of marketing, sales, bringing in clients, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so I've always been kind of the strategic vision behind the business. So when she turned it over to me, we just hired someone to replace her on the operation side. It was a pretty seamless transition. Well, that,
0: that, that's a fascinating conversation in and of itself. So
1: what do you pay that person that person gets three thousand a month base salary plus a commission bonus for each closing. How much? Uh, I don't even know. i to be honest, I have to look and see. A couple see hundred because, bucks, right? Yeah. So they might make a hundred, a hundred grand. Yeah. The, 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 this person who we hired is phenomenal, and hopefully she'll listen to this podcast at some point because I hope she knows well, that we love her. Well, let's say she got a thousand. W- I was just going to say. Well, no, I've been very transparent with her, which is we plan to increase as she learns more and more because my mom. It's only been since April and we didn't hire this person until maybe September there was kind of a transition period I mean, do you
0: think it's fair to say that that she'll make somewhere between 50 and 100 grand
1: correct and and i plan to have her continue to make more as she learns more and as my mom steps back yeah. and as she takes on more and more responsibility she'll continue to make more
0: so if your mom was getting right half of 430 uh right. she was getting 215 and then you replaced her for seventy five, let's say. Yep, uh, I got a big pay raise. Look at those numbers, right? Yeah, that, I got a big pay raise. And I think that's typical. I think that happens where you know you have, and a lot of husbands and wives do this, and it's fine because yep. it's shared. The revenue is shared when you, you know, when you do your taxes, it's it's it, you file jointly as a, a couple, and it's all the same money. But where it's two separate people. Two separate agents, and one does the operations, and one does the sales. The one that's hard to replace is the sales, and easy replaces the operations in some instances. And you can usually replace them for a fraction of the cost as you did. So that that's interesting to to see. Yeah,
1: I'm not. I mean, I was in a partnership for fifteen years, and I would still tell everybody listening, I am not a fan of partnerships. The only reason it worked is because she was my mom, and I've even heard family that has gone terribly. Like, mm. I just – we have a great relationship. We rarely ever bump heads. I trust her completely. She's actually still – she's not my bookkeeper, but she still reviews our books for me each month to make sure nothing's being stolen and lost. So I guess in theory, if my own mother wanted to steal yeah. money from me, she probably could. Right. I'm just not even worried about it. It's not even yeah. on the radar, you yeah, know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's the, that's the thing.
1: Okay, so, so
0: you know, before the call, we talked a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. The, you said the one thing you don't want to talk about is REOs because your <laughs> REO business, as, as many across the country, has dissipated greatly. So I, but I do want to touch on it for just 60 seconds, and then we're going to get into
1: some yeah. things that are more modern day. Uh, what's going on with REOs? And we can talk for more than 60 seconds on REO. It's it's just, I, it's not really, people always ask me, hey, is it a good time to get into REOs?" So what's going on in REO? The volume has dried up across the country. There are still places in the country, mainly it's the Eastern Seaboard, New York, New Jersey, Florida. There's some in the middle of the country, Kansas, Chicago, some various places where there still is a decent amount. And by decent, I don't mean a huge volume, but there's a little bit of REO. California, where I am, um, And I should tell the audience also, by the way, guys, so California, almost no REO. I'll tell you my specific REO numbers as a case study, and my background in REO, I actually started a networking group called DS Pros, Default Servicing Professionals, um, that I still run. It's basically a mastermind for REO brokers all across the country. You have to be experienced in REO. you got to know what you're doing to get in. So we turn down 90% of the people that apply. It's not for newbies who want to yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And the bottom line is REOs have dissipated,
1: and we're seeing that. You think they're going to come back or no? Yes, they will come back, but it's not going to look like what it looked like before. Where, where REOs have gone and this is a whole separate conversation, but you guys can research it on your own. Google Mid-Market Hedge Fund. Mid-Market Hedge Fund. What's that? That is some big group with a lot of money who bought all the non-performing loans. So if you want to Google another term and get educated in case you probably know this, Pat, but listeners, Google NPL, non-performing loan. So before an REO, someone stops paying their mortgage it becomes in the financial world called an NPL yeah the mid market hedge funds are buying all of the NPLs before they make it to REO that's where the REOs have gone
0: hmm. makes sense but yeah but are they eventually foreclosing on them or do you think they're yes. refinancing at at lesser loan amounts to the borr- mm-hmm. borrower
1: the the last thing they want to do is foreclose because they have bought them typically at enough of a discount yeah. that they can come up with other workout strategies, exactly what you just said. They can ref- They can do a loan modification. They, they want to get these loans performing, and then typically they resell them to someone else who's going to hold the loan. However, a number of them, you just can't fix them no matter how hard they try, and they do turn into REO. So yeah. it didn't make the REO go away. It's just kind of installed. It's going to come back. And then my crystal ball. We'll have to check this podcast, Pat. In uh, how many years from now is 2020? Uh, three years from now, so somewhere between three and seven years from now, we're going to have another big wave of REO that's going to come back across the board. Hmm, so that's a whole whole set That's my my crystal ball prediction. Fascinating. Yep. Okay,
0: cool. Well, let's talk about how you're making money today uh, rather than how you made money yesterday. What are like? Where is your business coming from now? That's working really well.
1: So. I looked at the numbers getting ready for this interview, and looking at 2016, which just finished, um, I actually did have a decent amount of sales still in REO. We just we used to have hundreds of REO sales a year. Like, like some, our biggest year, I think we sold 200-something REOs. I sold 18 REOs in 2016. That was still my biggest source for listing sales. Um, I sold six listings. That was from a hedge fund. So I did acquisitions for a hedge fund, and then now they're selling everything off. So I sold six listings from a hedge fund, and I had five listings that just came from my sphere of influence and past clients. Those are my top three listing sources for 2016.
0: Fascinating. So you went from 200 mm-hmm. to 16. Yep. Yeah, well, that, that that's, that's definitely... That's a uh, drop. Yeah, that's a drop. And next year, probably more, you think.
1: I think I think it's stabilized for me. So I, I have I spent I spent about four years traveling around the country connecting with banks, servicers, people like that, building these REO connections. That's why when people ask, Hey, is now a good time to get an REO? You you might be able to get one or two listings, but it took so much effort to build these connections and genuinely these people are my friends at this point, that the return on your time is not going to be there. So I, I used to carry a hundred REOs that I was managing in any phase of the process right now i have 14 yeah the
0: the people change too you know because this happened to us in our businesses the the managers the employees even the companies they change oh yeah and and the big ones freddie mac fannie mae bank of america they're all laying off their agents they're all like going from you know in any county a hundred agents to five and um so it's just it's just part of what it is and it just means you need to focus more on how you know other things that are traditional ways to get business
1: Correct. So, so that's why by, with DS Pros, the, the group I run, we still talk every Friday. We have a mastermind call for an hour, and we talk about the changes you just talked about. Who got laid off? Who's here? Who's there? Where are they now? I feel like you need a little, like, if you're going to get into REO. You, remember when were you were a kid, did you collect baseball cards, Pat? Yes. Okay. I used to collect baseball cards. I was a total geek. And like, you used to trade them with your friends. You're like, oh, I got a so-and-so rookie year. I'll trade you that for a set, right? You used to do that?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I feel like I need those for the REO industry. I need to be like, oh, you got a so and so, and they were over at City. Well, now they're over at like, you know, Chase. Nick, can I get their contact info and you trade little right, playing cards? Right,
0: right. That, that's how it is,
1: the 100%. Yeah. and that
0: that works in any industry, you know, sh- yeah. sharing best practices and sharing contacts and things like that. So, what would you say? Let's talk about the buyer end a little bit and yep. um, like, where are where are the buyer leads coming from?
1: So so the nice thing about REO was it created cash flow for me and it created capital. So when I, I so I, I well whole other side note, we'll come back to it. I when REO slowed down in two thousand twelve, I left the country for a year. My wife and I moved to Thailand. We spent a year living in Thailand, really just hanging out, exploring Southeast Asia. Didn't really work. I worked a couple hours a week and my mom kept the business that we had here running.
0: Did you still pretty get cool. half? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. So you worked yeah. in Thailand for a year. Making several hundred grand a year uh, through the real estate business, and what sort of systems did you have in play to keep things
1: going uh, so, living so, in another country so so we had very little retail at that time. it was all reo and all reo is is systems, so every reo process is all systems based, whether your client gives you a system which is a web portal or you create your own internal system, so it's just we had staff, so my mom ran the staff and we had staff who did things and about an hour a week, you know, or an hour every couple, once in a while I'd check in. But because my mom was there, she was checking in with all the staff and everybody on a daily basis. And I trained my team how to write emails, and they would write emails. And uh, clients, if you're listening, they would my, my team would sign my name to emails. Yep, I just admitted that in the recording. That's okay because I would train them really, really well on how to respond and how to write these emails. And the banks knew like they knew where I was, no one cared. As long as things were getting taken care of and we had boots on the ground who were physically looking at these properties, mm. they didn't expect me to be at all all of the properties. And at this point, frankly, we only had about ten REOs left. So I wasn't making a couple hundred thousand a year then. I made what did I make that year from REO? Uh, maybe like a hundred thousand. So I'd do have to you look think so?
0: Is it kind of bounce? It's bounced from them, hasn't it? It's like it went down then. Yes. It went back up. Now it went it.
1: Now, now now they're back down again. No, I, th- I think it stabilized. It went down and then it went back up. And then it's the reason it went back up for me was because I went back on the road and I started visiting clients again because I have such deep connections. But if You hadn't have done that. Yeah, it would have stayed down. That's why I have, have more REO than most of my friends in San Diego, because I've spent time developing these friendships and relationships. Yeah. It's it's like any other. It's l- not as much juice. Trait.
0: It's not as much juice for the squeeze like before you used to you used to be able to go. And I know I was in a group like yours, um, you know, used to go and you'd get an You you get five assets while you're out visiting these companies in Colorado or wherever. Correct. You know, and then when you got home, you'd get another 40. Um, Right. Yeah. So it's it's a lot better.
1: But you get lucky sometimes. So I just went to visit a brand new client that someone introduced me to in another city, flew out there, met them. By the time I got home, they just happened to have a million dollar listing in my area. They're like, hey, let's try it out. And I got a million dollar. So it cost me. I don't know. I had frequent flyer miles, cost me a couple hundred bucks for the hotel, plus dinner. Maybe I was all in for the trip for like 500 bucks, maybe 600 bucks, and uh, I got a million dollar listing out of it. Yeah, Pretty cool. But that no, was no, it's a hundred, like, but trying, I, yeah, it's
0: luck, like, and I also think it's not normal if, if you're like me, not. right? I'm from Maryland. You know, I'd do all that and I'd, I'd, I'd get some piece of crap in Baltimore City for eighteen grand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where, like, where, you, get sh- where you get shot going <laughs> to the front door. Yeah, yeah $600 commission. So. Yeah. All right, cool. So, so, uh, so, right, so let's so talk that's... about what kind of uh, systems you have in place now because yep. you still seem like you, you're the type of guy that doesn't like to work real hard. You know, meaning you want to spend time with your kids. You want to spend time, you know, in experience versus – in work mode, life experience, uh, obviously co- you got co- that co- bug. So how do you do that? What do you? What co- kind of co- systems correct. do you have in place?
1: Yep. So so it's duplicatable systems. So and yes, I am the type of guy that likes to have life balance and, and enjoy life at the same time. Once I really kicked my retail my retail team production team into high gear, which happened about te- eight to ten months ago, um, I was actually laughing. So I was on a call with my coach yesterday. So you, you know uh, Michael Hellickson, right? Yeah, yeah, he's been on the show. Okay, so so Michael Hellickson, Club Wealth, that's my coach. And I've had – we can talk about coaches later. I'm coaching agnostic in terms of I just think you should have a coach. I don't care who it is. However, I think my coach is the best and he's awesome and he really is like the most fantastic coach for me because he understands how to look at my business as a whole and like point me in the right direction and break it down. Mm-hmm. But – um. It's one of those things that I was on a call with him and he realized, he said, how many hours a day are you working these days? I said, probably 12 to 14. He goes, holy smokes, you were always the guy who was like, I don't want to work more than six hours a day or eight hours a day. And I'm just, I'm so lit up about these systems that once I create a duplicatable system, the light at the end of the tunnel is once the systems are in place, I can go back to working six to eight hours a day or six to eight hours a week, right? That's the goal. But you have to work really hard to get what are, What are you building then? What? So I'm starting with, this is the plan, starting with the sales team. And it started with REO's generated capital and cash flow so I can buy online leads. So I started buying buyer leads. My top three signs for buyer leads, this is where we're getting into the nitty gritty for your your your, your uh, rockstar nation here. My top three sources for buyer leads in 2016, Zillow, but not Zillow leads, Zillow pre-foreclosure leads, which are very different than normal Zillow
0: Okay, leads. let me stop you right there. Okay. What is that?
1: What is a Zillow pre-foreclosure? Have you you had anyone on that talked about it before?
0: No. That's why I'm
1: asking. Oh, wow. Wow. All right, cool. So you know what Zillow is? When you look on Zillow and you search and you're an average consumer, you don't know what boxes to check or whatever. You're going to get in your search results, and you can try this later, Pat. Go to any zip code, type it in. You're going to see all these properties popping up that have really low prices or weird things. And if you look closely, they say pre-foreclosure on them. Yeah, pre-foreclosure
0: yeah, and, and uh, make me sell. If, so what you're saying, if you don't ask to only see MLS listed properties for sale, you're going to yep. get pre-foreclosure. You're going to get make me sell, which is a thing where you know you put a that's high a, price a, on a the fizz, house. It's a FISBO. That's a FISBO. It's a FISBO that's not aggressive, right? That's right. like, oh, I'll move for a million dollars. And right. you're going to get FISBOs.
1: So you're going to actually right. get four categories. Yep. And that's the default. Right. Correct. And Zillow will sell to you. So it's probably sold out in most people's areas, but people do drop it because they don't understand how to work this lead source. And it actually had the highest ROI. I got a 4.7 ROI on these Zillow leads, (laughs) which for an online lead isn't bad, actually. I mean, because it's a duplicatable thing. You just kind of check and buy more. So I got a 4.7 ROI in 2016 for my Zillow pre-foreclosure leads.
0: And when you say 4.7 ROI,
1: explain that. So my growth, I did I did 10 buyer sides from Zillow. It was 157,000 gross, and my expenses to buy them were 33,000. So if I divide 157 by 33, I get a 4.7 ROI.
0: Yeah. And, and the industry average is a 0. 0.04. So um, you're like 100 times. Yeah, be 10 times, about and, 10 times. Yeah, about 10 times. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> it's, so, it's, it's way better. It's way better, right? Way better. So how? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Let's, let, let's teach something here. Okay, so obviously you raise your hand, you pay money, you tell Zillow, I only want leads from you that are pre-foreclosure leads. Then what is the Correct. process? What do you do?
1: Correct. The most important thing to know is whenever you buy online leads, you must understand the psychology of the consumer and what they are clicking on and give them that. If they call and you treat them the same as everyone else, and if your methodology happens to be, I'm going to slam them through the ringer, and I'm going to see if they're worth my time because I'm important and I'm the real estate agent. Guess what's going to happen?
0: So these are these are so you got are these these are listing leads then right? No, buy, buyer leads, buyer leads. Well, wait a minute. Okay, so you're not dealing with the person that is in pre foreclosure trying to work a shale, short no. sale out with them. You're no. working with a buyer who was curious about a house. That was pre-foreclosed – is going to be pre-foreclosed on. Now, would would a lot of investors Correct. be
1: attracted to that or would these be regular they, buyers? They sure, investors sure do. However, Zillow pre-foreclosure leads fall into two categories. Category one, investors. And investors we break down in two categories, unrealistic and realistic. For the most part – Yeah. For the most part yeah. – Real, right, right? I mean, real or simple. wannabes. Right. For the most part, we pretty much trash 90% of investors that come in because even the real investors, How? I got a big list of investors. I don't need more investors. How, right? I, I, I,
0: so, one guy told me, he, he just asked him, have you ever bought it? Do you have any other investment properties? If they say no, he says, eh, hangs up on it. What, what, <laughs> what, what do you do?
1: I'm, I'm a lot friendlier. I don't like to hang up on anyone. Um, and whether it's me or my sales team, so I have two inside salespeople and I got a team of agents. No matter who's talking, we all say the same thing. The way we find out about the investor, we say, Oh great, you're an investor. The first question on our script, by the way, after we get through the intro, the first question, and I'll tell you what the intro is if you want to role play it, but the first the first question on the script sure. is, is, you know, just curious. Let's do it. This is you... a way
0: this is a way, this is a way to learn it, right? So so yeah, yeah. you're calling let me, me. Let me, I went to Zillow, I clicked on a house, asked for information about a house that's in pre-foreclosure, uh, yep. which means somebody still lives there. At probably. And they're upside down and they're not paying the mortgage. So go ahead. Yes. John, call.
1: yes. And, and how? just so you know, though, you are a real estate agent and you are a broker and you are very intelligent. You know more about this pre-foreclosure than the average consumer or investor who are clicking on it. Most of them don't even know it's a pre-foreclosure. They didn't even notice that. Oh, they That's didn't why notice I said, that. Okay. No, they didn't even notice. They just see this thing that says default amount, 383000 and the house is worth 600000 That's cool. That's why you get so owner-occupants also. So
0: they think that they're getting it for three eighty three. Yeah. Okay. So and they it, clicked it, on it or they're dorking yep. around and clicking. Okay. Ring, ring. Uh,
1: hello. Uh, am I calling you or are you calling me? You're calling me, right? All right. Cool. I'm, cool. The, I'm the guy um, cool. that clicked hey, hey, on it. Hey, Pat. It. Hey, Pat. I got your request from Zillow on uh, 123 Main Street in, uh, in Oceanside. Did you have any specific questions on that property?
0: Yeah. Uh, I can't even remember that one. I looked at a whole bunch, but uh, – you, oh, okay. You know, tell me uh, about
1: it. Yeah. Oh no worries. I mean, I I know how that goes. You can click on a bunch of buttons and get a lot of random people calling you. I, I'm just curious. W- was this something for uh, for investment or a home you're uh, you're thinking about living in? No, we're uh, we're thinking about moving. Okay, and I'm going to pause right there because because you just went down the owner occupant track. Right. It's, okay. So, so you
0: want me to say so, I'm an so investor?
1: You don't have you don't ha- you don't have to. But if we want to talk about how we figure out. Yeah, I mean, you it's
0: more people that do this investors or owner occupants.
1: Fifty fifty. Okay. So. That's why so we'll I, dump keep going the, I dump most of the investor leads and I just say right there, it's like, hey, you want to do, uh, you know, you want to, uh, if you're, in, we'll, we'll just well, side let's just on do
0: the-, the investor because okay. uh, I want to find out how you get rid of 90% of them. So Perfect. I'm looking at it. Uh, yes, I'm an investor.
1: Okay. You're an investor. So if you're an investor, I'm going to go and, all right, so you're an investor. Perfect. Um, just in your investment strategy, are you typically looking to buy and flip? Or are you looking to buy and hold a property? I'm look. I'm probably going to hold it. Perfect. Um, and buy and hold is a great strategy. I, you know, we're still getting some decent appreciation here. Um, just so I understand a little bit better about your goals, um, do you typically have any sort of numbers in terms of return that you look for in a buy and hold?
0: I listened to a couple of podcasts, and they said I should get a a, a one month rent, a one percent rule, which yeah. uh, I should get a you know. Whatever the monthly rent, whatever the price is, let's say I pay 500 for this one, I should get $5,000, 1% a month. Can I get that on this?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, in San Diego as a whole, I'm going to turn the question back on you. In your research, because it sounds like you're a pretty educated person, have you come across anything yet that's close to offering that sort of return in San Diego? No. Yeah. And that's going to be the answer. It doesn't exist here. So if you're, it's a really good rule because I'm an investor myself. I highly recommend that you do look, if you're looking for cash flow, not appreciation, right? There's a mix of the two. I highly recommend that you do follow that rule in general. It'll, it'll steer you in the right direction. You're just going to have to explore other markets outside of San Diego to find it.
0: Hmm. So makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So you got rid of me that way, but let's just say yep. most people are going to say, uh, no, I don't have a rule. I don't know how it works.
1: Perfect. So if they don't know what they're doing, then for the sake of time, we'll just pause it here. I just keep asking questions until I figure out if they're actually a knucklehead or if they really have some money and know what they're doing, in which case I'll partner up. I've got two agents who love working with investors. We'll give them over to the agent and they can kind of ask him some questions and see if we can help them because there are good investors. Even someone who just went to a seminar and just learned, they might still be a good client, right? I like buy and hold I don't deal with fix and flip anymore. I got a list of fix and flip people that if I got a good deal, I got 10 people I can send an email to. I don't need more. What my about mold.
0: okay? What what about if I'm an owner occupant calling on this house?
1: Okay, if you're an owner occupant, while we've been chatting, I'm trying to pull up my most recent script. So give me one second to pull this up. Yeah, because I should have had all my scripts in front yeah, of me. It's here all ago. good.
0: I mean, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna use the same script on that probably as you would on any owner occupant call on any regular call. It's not that it's not going to be that different. Correct. I guess, I guess so, the point in in this is your ROI is 4.7 percent, which is way above well, industry well, average. Well, there's and, and there's one
1: question there's one question though that I do have to tell your listeners, because if anyone does go buy Zillow pre-foreclosure, and by the way, if they're available, there's good zip codes and bad zip codes, and I can spend time going really deep. I don't want to waste too much time, but like there are better zip codes than others for this type of product, um, the Zillow pre-foreclosure lead product. If you are going to buy it, here's where most people drop the ball, right? So if you want a, a quick tip that you can take and go really put this into the world and use it, if you're buying these leads, you have to think about the mindset of the consumer. They saw this property that looks like a deal, right? What do they want more than anything else? A deal. A deal. That's it. Does it mean that they have to get a deal in order to buy? No, not necessarily. They might, if they're an own, This is why I look for owner Yeah, occupants. the reality, they're not going to get it. right? Well, Correct. All the so deals
0: the, are going to be filled with mold, right. you know, and they're not going to
1: so, be able to tolerate so, that. So Right. So, so, so the question is, are you just looking for this specific home? Are you open to any home in the area that would be a good deal? Yeah, any home that would be a good deal. Great. And then we just talk about it. And then we set an, a fa- next step is to set a face to face appointment so we can do a buyer consultation. That's another system we put into place. We sit down, find out about their needs and wants. And at the end of it, they say, Yes, we want to work with you. They sign a buyer agency agreement and we go find them a house and create this amazing client experience with a whole separate conversation. And yeah. they love us and send us referrals. Yeah, Yay. I that's
0: mean, it. that's great. That's great. So what else are you spending your money on that's getting your
1: leads now? Realtor.com. I love Realtor.com leads. Wow. They are the they are the closest thing to a sign call. So can we agree that sign calls are probably the best buyer leads you yeah, can get? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, they're cheap, they're free, and they're great. But you got to have listings for those. Yeah, so and they have picked listings- up
0: that five hundred pound phone and yep. made a physical call to yeah. you, which means there's a good chance they may want to see it. Versus, oh shit, I gotta fill out this form because I gotta see more. I want I want to see more than four houses on this guy's website. Um, Correct. And uh, it could be anybody.
1: So That's it. So, so Realtor.com is the closest thing you can buy why, to a signed call.
0: Why is Realtor.com the closest thing you can buy to a signed call?
1: Have you looked at the Realtor.com portal lately to search for properties? No. If you go look at it, you will see that they have done a very clever job of making it look like when you request information, you are requesting it from the listing agent. Guess what? You're not. It comes to the people who buy those leads. You can sure. pay. Right. You can pay. You can pay realtor.com to get your own that, listing leads back that to you. make
0: it? So what's that? How does that make it close to a sign call though? Why isn't because it any the, different than a Zillow or?
1: Because they the, all do that. Well that I don't know, but is somehow in their marketing, the people who search realtor.com are further down, so you know the, the buyer life cycle. They're further down the life cycle, they're out of the research phase. A lot of Zillow leads, or if you generate them on Google or Facebook to commission zinc, Boomtown any of those so I'm a commission zinc user, those are earlier on in the process. Zillow's a little further down the process. Realtor.com is way, way down the process for some reason where the majority of leads are like ready to buy, they're ready to look at these properties. I don't know how they do what they do. I'm just grateful that they I've, do it. I've heard
0: I've heard that from other agents too. Yep. yep. I don't know why though. It's curious though. It's almost like the leads are better quality, but uh, you can't explain why.
1: It's it's realtor.com's secret sauce, I guarantee. And while they have while I have had some challenges working with them over the years, um, their VP of sales, I'm becoming a good friend of mine at this point. And like they're they're a great vendor. Their leads are not cheap. In San Diego my average cost per lead probably runs about 70 bucks a lead and I have some zip codes where I pay 110 bucks per lead could that be it could it
0: be that you you're actually it's like buying a, a, a Gucci thing or, you know, or IZOD or, or Under Armour or whatever. You think you're getting better quality, but actually it's still – Hold on. Hold
1: on. Did you just put – and I'm not a clothing guy. But did you just put Gucci and Under Armour in the same category? I'm just curious. You did, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You okay. know, you're paying
0: more money. I mean you could buy cheap shoes and right. you could buy, a, you know, a cheap watch too. Right. Um, you know what I mean? Could it be that they I, I just do. charge more?
1: But 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 I but that doesn't explain why they generate better leads. Maybe they spend more on marketing and they pass that cost on to us. I don't know. They're not even exclusive leads. So when you get a realtor.com lead, here, here's a tip for people who are gonna buy these, because I've had friends buy them and go, these are junk, these are worst leads ever. They're not. You have to work them right. So they are non-exclusive. You can buy exclusive, but it's going to cost you twice as much, two hundred bucks a lead, right? Yeah. If you buy non-exclusive, the way Realtor.com generates a lead, when the consumer checks a box to say yes, I want this information on this house, it immediately pops up another box that says, Hey, you like that one? How about these three other houses? And it already defaults that the answer is yes. If you just click yes again, guess what? That lead they sold every lead gets sold to two agents. So that first property just multiplied from two agents to eight agents. In the course of about 37 seconds. Hmm. So I've been on the phone with Realtor.com leads. So you have to call Realtor.com leads back within like 30 seconds. It's not this five-minute rule. Literally, it comes in, you stop what you're doing, you call it. And while you're talking, you let them know, hey, if you get call waiting, by the way, just so you know. Like I'm, I'm all amped up and adrenalized, but when I talk on the phone, you get way calm. Just so you know. Uh, if you got a call waiting, it's probably just another real estate agent or even a couple that might try to buzz through or text you. It's pretty funny. Realtor.com does a really good job of making sure that you, as the consumer, have a really good client experience. So you end up getting called a couple times from different agents. You can just go ahead and ignore those.
0: Right. Or if you
1: do talk to them, tell them you're we're you all take them calling
0: care. about the same thing. Right? Yeah. We're all, we're all, we all were notified at, at the, same, at the time. same time. At the same and time. And by the way, the notice message. that I'm the most efficient at calling my clients back.
1: Right. Oh, and I've had people tell me that, and my team, they're like, wow, if you, if you I just click the button, that's amazing. If you're that prompt now, it just sets the expectation. Yeah. And you that- can say, guess what?
0: There's four agents or whatever it is that got the same thing. Yeah. So pay attention.
1: See, oh, see yeah. when they call you back. Yep. It's, it's awesome. So I love Realtor.com. R-R-O-I. and I, I know we got to keep, keep an eye on time for this and, at some point, but this might be a whole separate conversation. My ROI for Realtor.com was lower. In 2016, it was only 3.6, and it really should have been a lot higher. It was lower because I changed my team structure. I went from an ISA model to an an agent-driven model where the agents get the leads directly, and we had some, it was it was a pretty big transition that did not work well at first. It's now finally working really well again, but that's why I think that ROI was a little lower for Realtor.com.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. You know, you know, I've got a an episode with uh, Sam Monreal, who owns a company called Rockerbox. And oh, yeah. He's he's a numbers guy just like you. And um, he, he's he told me some fascinating things about the number of leads that come in. And, and, and we had a great conversation about that, whether it makes sense to to, to do the ISA model or to do the, you know, agent driven model, as you call it. And, you know, it's interesting and the jury's not out yet. You know, the fact of the matter is it's nobody is as good at lead follow up or as uh, getting a client to come see a house or come into the office as Jesse or Pat right. or Sam right. themselves. Yep. But the fact of the matter is we don't want all of those calls. I mean, because that would so, so, be the most productive ways. i right. all come to your cell.
1: So, so we've actually been talking about this. So I'm in a mastermind with a bunch of other people in Club Wealth. That's my, the, the coaching company I'm a part of. And But by the way, guys, I, I don't get paid by Club Wealth. I don't work for them at all. Um, for full disclosure, I am creating a sales training course for Club Wealth people, but I don't work for them. I make no money from them, really. I just like the people that are in that group because they're some of the most creative, entrepreneurial-minded people that I've ever stumbled across. So we mastermind, and we talk about team structure and what's the best, and we're actually probably going to record a separate webinar. I'll send you a link, Pat, on people debating what is the best team structure because there's no right answer. There really isn't, you know?
0: And everybody thinks they know the stats, and and they're paying attention. But the fact of the matter is, and I talk about this with Sam, is that there's actually a deficit. As agents are spending more on leads than they are actually making on commissions, and the re- realization is not out there yet. According to him, it's negative thirty-two percent. So they
1: well, you know, um, wow. And is that because of inefficiency in converting them?
0: It's almost an addiction. Yeah, it's almost an addiction. Like Everybody feels like they've got to pay Zillow and they've got to pay Realtor.com and they've got to well, sign up for Boomtown and they've got to sign up for Commissions Inc. When in
1: reality,
0: they're spending so much and they're not paying attention to their numbers. They're not paying attention well,
1: to their ROI, right. so it well,
0: ends up negative.
1: Well, can I answer you this? Because this might actually tie into, I don't know how much time, you tell me how much time we got, but uh, I hope we get to the bonus question because I did, I I am a fan of your show and I know the bonus question and I got a great answer for you. Okay, good. So so, so this might tie into that. So the reason that people buy leads, and I think this is where they go wrong, they buy leads because like you said, it's an addiction. It's just quick and easy and real estate agents, we love quick and easy. However, the correct way to use leads, I believe in the way I've always been coached, is if you have the capital to afford them. It's the quickest way to scale a business. It generates cash flow, but it's not the be-all, end-all. So, what I've always missed in my business was the referral side, and I've never done much with open houses. So, my business plan for this year, now that I've got my re- my online lead generation conversion machine totally dialed in, I got I got to re- re- recruit a few more agents. So, anyone listening, if you're an agent in San Diego and you want to join my team, hit me up. I'm totally serious. I'm actively recruiting. Um, hey, if you're in another part of the country, you want to move to San Diego, we got nice weather, higher commissions. Anyway, my plug is done. But once we get the, this machine dialed in, the next thing we're doing, I'm going to open house system. So I'm hiring someone to anyone on my team who commits to doing six open houses per month. I will hire someone to put out your open house signs for you. Pretty cool, right? Yeah, that's a nice little bonus. Sure. Right. Yeah. And open houses, guess what? Like they don't that. cost They don't cost as much as online leads. So it's another way to kind of generate some extra income without spending a ton of money. It just takes training and effort. And then part three, which I'm hiring someone new on my team right now, is I'm hiring a director of client experiences. So director of client experiences, they're responsible for making past and future clients' lives as easy as possible, as well as the agents on my team life as easy as possible, i.e., Generate referrals.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, and that's and that and everybody should do that. I mean, for the cost of of having somebody continue to call people every like one one agent I interviewed, you know, she has someone. All she does full time is call past clients every quarter and say hi. How can we help this month or this quarter? You know, that's all she does. Is four times a year they must be called. And there's
1: a, a huge business there. so, so There is, but, but, but you have to buy the leads first if you don't have a sphere. Or if you want to wait to build your to build your sphere, that's fine. I'm just impatient and I had the capital. So buying leads jumpstarts it, but you want to get off the juice, like you said, as quick as possible. Yeah. The, the other lead, The other lead source, by the way, that's been really good for me last year, and I didn't even really consciously work it. This year, I'm going to try to encourage it to happen more often. I got a number of referrals from agents around the country. And- what I realized is, you, you ever see on Facebook, Pat, where someone goes, "Hey, does anyone know an agent in this area?" No. And all these people like sharks jump onto like me, 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 and it's it's hilarious because, it do, you know, do people when they want to refer someone, do they want to refer it to the fastest person on Facebook, or do they want to refer it to someone who's going to create this amazing client experience, so you know you feel good about who you're sending them to, and they're actually going to get the house closed, so you get a referral check. That's why I think I started getting more referrals plus San Diego is a destination city. So I just naturally, I think people tend to move here. So I had a number of pretty decent referrals coming from agents around the country last year, which was a pretty good source also. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Have you ever lost a listing? Have you ever just kind of gotten kicked in the stomach because you felt sure that you got a listing and uh, the rapport was incredible? And then They call and tell you they listed with somebody else, or even worse, they send you an email and tell you they've chosen someone else. It hurts, man. I know. It's happened to me tons of times, and I hated it. And um, so because of that, I created a product called a certified listing agent. I got the eight top listing agents in the world and recorded their listing appointments. Everything. No holds barred. No secrets here. Everything And then after each listing appointment, we uh, discussed it and uh, created a course out of it. It's uh, over 10 hours of intense uh, video, and it's for you to watch and never lose a listing again. Check it out. There's a lot of free samples. You can go in and see kind of what it's like before you uh, sign up for it. Uh, RebusUniversity.com. We also got the, the uh, highly popular CTA certified team agent with Jeff Cohn. And that is how to build a massive team, how Jeff went from 80 to 580 units in four years and uh, what he does behind the scenes, what forms he uses, how his systems are run, everything on the CTA certified team agent and many things to come. If, you, if you're interested, go to uh, rebusuniversity.com, put yourself on the mailing list there. Uh, we have a price reduction course. We have a 101 Ways to Get uh, Real Estate Leads for Free. We have an ISA course coming out, uh, a lead handling course, not not how to lead generate. There's, there's a ton of courses that other people do on that, but this is how to efficiently capture leads and work with them. So uh, they have a couple of courses coming out on that aspect. So anyways, rebusuniversity.com. Check it out, guys. You'll be glad you did. Now on uh, with the show. Okay, so let, let's wrap this up with our flagship question, Jesse. And that is this: Oh, i so excited! If you, if I put you on a TV reality show, similar to Survivor, right? I put you on there with ten other real estate agents, right? And only thing you get right is now you're in san diego million dollar houses i'll give you guys each five (laughs) grand the only thing you get is five thousand dollars a laptop computer and a cell phone and you got to get out there and sell more houses than the ten other nine other agents you know nobody there's plenty of commerce plenty of money being spent people are buying and selling houses every week the agent that sells the least amount of homes gets kicked off. The last one standing gets a million-dollar prize who sold the most homes. How yep. how are you going to win this TV show?
1: I love this question. So I was, I was at the gym the first time I listened to your podcast and heard this. And I'm not going to name names. I listened to the person whose response was and It was an okay response, but I'm thinking, man, I would dominate you on this show. And I'm a nice guy. I just happen to be really competitive also. So I'm like, all right, let's do this. Here's my answer. You ready? First and foremost, and you're giving me five grand, that's even better. I thought I had a grand to work with. I'm going to go out and buy as many open house, let's even say out of a grand, I'm going to buy as many open house signs as I can buy, branded, they all look the same, using $800 of that $1,000. Or if I got 5,000, man, I can buy a ton of open house signs, right? I'm going to go sit. I'm going to call, get in the MLS, I'm going to call agents who have vacant listings, I'm going to ask them if I can hold their house open as soon as I find one, I'm going to hold that house open, preferably near a major intersection, I'm going to hold that thing open eight hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> With me so far? Yeah, yeah, major intersection,
0: okay. massive amounts of signs, Yep. Nonstop. stop yep. So
1: I'm also a big believer in, I don't want to use the word exploiting, but let's just say maybe... um looking for loopholes and finding creative ways to work them. So I don't know what the rules of the game show are other than what you just said, and I'm not going to ask. So if it doesn't get me kicked off the show, I'm going to put it out on Craigslist, and I'm going to try to recruit as many agents as possible to sit other open houses on my team. Does that violate the rules of the game, or am I going to be okay doing that? No, that's fine. No, you're good. All right. Cool. Because I think I'm a good enough persuasive salesperson that without taking any money out of my pocket, even if I only had a grand, and all I could do was buy open house signs, I could sell the dream to these other agents and say, look, I'm going to train you step-by-step exactly how to work an open house and how to convert at least one buyer every time out of every open house, right? So they're going to get paid. I'm also going to put an ad out for an assistant because if we get this busy, I need someone helping, handling the backup. If you don't have an assistant, you are one. So I think even though assistants are typically people who really want to, you know, they want security, they want a paycheck. I think especially because i got a TV crew behind me and i got some uh, celebrity power here. I think I can convince someone to work for me, right? Leverage celebrity. Hey, that's you want right. to be on a TV show? That's what they do. I, that's I,
0: a, I, I was thinking that's how they, on the million-dollar listing, if you ever watch yeah. that show, they get all these people to come to the broker's open and they're like, and I'm like, right. eh, who goes to broker's opens, man? They're so boring and you just go in there for <laughs> some <laughs> Free ham and cheese sandwich yeah. or whatever. I ain't going to that. And and, and so and, and they get all these people showing up at the broker's opens and the only reason is because they want to get on TV. They're
1: like, hey, let's get there. They'll, 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 That's it, it. You know, people so. love fame. People <laughs> love fame. They love celebrity. So I'm gonna put an ad out for an agent for or sorry, for an assistant who wants to be on a reality TV show about a competitive real estate you know, show, however we describe it, Survivor for real estate. I guarantee I would have a flood of applicants. I could probably find an amazing assistant, not pay them a dollar until after my first closing, right? And I now have built a team on almost no money, knowing absolutely no one. I'm going to dominate the other nine people on this show. And I mean that in the nicest way possible.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's a great answer. I mean, that's I, I love your enthusiasm, and I love how you just push forward. And it makes logical sense, you know. It just right? makes a hundred percent logical sense. You, you, you got to hustle, and you got to survive. And I think that
1: the, the world lacks that hustle. now. You know, you, you got to hustle, but you got to look at the speed to a paycheck. So the rules of this game. When I say exploiting, I also want to understand my game. I want to understand yeah. what I'm playing speed in this to game, paycheck. I like that speed the paycheck. Right. So open houses. I could if I had more money, I'd buy online leads. A thousand bucks or five thousand. That's not enough to buy online leads. So I need to do something that doesn't require capital, i.e. open houses, and is really quick to a closing. People who are out looking at open houses, they want to buy a house. They're pretty close to being ready. I should be able to get a paycheck from a commission if I do a good job for them because you can't look at them with dollar signs in your eyes. You got to really look at them and say, what are your needs? What are your hopes? What are your dreams? Let's figure this out and then give them a solution, which typically looks like them buying a house with you as the agent. But then you get a paycheck. That's why I would go open houses on this show.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, listen, Jesse, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. If I'm ever in San Diego, I will look you up and uh, we'll break some bread together.
1: Please do, man. I'd really like it. I t- I totally appre- I totally enjoy this. And, uh, yeah, if anyone wants to get a hold of me, uh, are you going to put a link on the site? Yeah, all, all info? Jesse's
0: information will be cool. on hybendigital.com backslash. I think you're my only Jesse. I'm going to just put backslash Jesse on there nice um i'll put jesse z how about that can, i'll put jesse z z, jesse z and uh all his information will be there if you want to reach out to him everything we talked about will be in the show notes thank can, you sir and the best of can, luck can,
1: but one question can we have a future episode when i come back on that said, that for, and we'll call it backslash jesse's girl just just curious
0: uh, yeah you're gonna put your wife on
1: no, no, just like the like the, the '80s song, the Rick Springfield song.
0: I get the joke, but uh, but you got to you get you got to put the maybe you put <laughs> yeah. your mom on her. there we go. We'll put my Jessie's mom. Girl. We'll tie it into your
1: something daughter, somebody. Right. Okay, cool. All that's right, fine. brother, sounds good. Thanks so much, Pat. I'll All talk right. to you later. Bye, bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Real Estate Rock Stars. Please be sure to leave us a five star review wherever you're listening. All five-star reviews help us get better and better guests for your listening pleasure. And if you have a great review, I'll read it on the show. We're so proud of this show now with over a million downloads in 79 countries around the world. Also, don't forget to buy my book if you haven't already. Six Steps to Seven Figures, A Real Estate Agent's Guide to Building Wealth and Creating Your Destiny. With an intro by Gary Keller. Sold everywhere online books are sold. You can always go to padhyben.com and find out about all things Padhyben. And don't forget to follow me on social media. All you got to do is type in my name. I'm everywhere and easy to find. I hope to meet face to face someday. But in the meantime, let's meet on social media. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking.